0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Victor! job! Hasta la vista, baby! touchdown. Good evening, Cleveland Browns fans. Welcome to the OBR Twitch channel. Thank you for joining us. My name is Stephen Thomas. As you can see right there at Browns Mock Draft on your screen. Uh, We are uh, glad that you are here. We are the only channel on the Twitch platform uh, that is a partner that is dedicated to covering the Cleveland Browns, all the Cleveland Browns. And only the Cleveland Browns. Uh, since it is a bye week this week, we had an idea since uh, Thursday night is normally roundtable where we pre- uh, preview the upcoming game on Sunday. There is no game on Sunday, uh, and we all need that for our mental health. We thought we would do something a little different, get a very early look at a mock draft, take a, uh, a spin through the Draft Network's mock draft simulator. Uh, so I'm, I am joined by two of my very good friends. Uh, first one here, one of the best film guys in the business, Mr. Jake Burns is here. How are you doing, Mr. Jake?
1: Steven, great. Let's do some drafting. Stay right. positive and draft. Let's do it.
0: Now the draft is always fun, right? Because it's, it's a time fun. of hope. It, it's yeah. kind of like Christmas. It's a, it's a renewal. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk ourselves into stuff. Speaking of talking ourselves into stuff, uh, another guy that loves the draft and does tremendous work. If you read my weekly mark drafts, you see his tweets with clips in them embedded frequently. Real Corey Kennan, uh, not one of the fake ones. The real Corey Kinnan is here. Corey, thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. Draft season's year round, but it's finally time to start talking about it. Yeah, it is, it's, it is year round, but we're one of a very few people in a, in a wild, wacky clan that think that and December normally is a time where people stop throwing rocks at us when we uh, when we talk about draft. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, You guys uh, in the uh, in the chat, if you have questions, we're going to we're only going to be doing uh, the first four rounds. A couple announcements of how we're going to do it tonight, uh, because we're we're only planning to be here for about an hour. And we want to give each pick a decent amount of talk so we can look at a few guys and talk about options and things like that. So we're only going to do. Uh, the first four rounds, which for the Browns means five picks. They have an extra fourth round pick this year. Uh, the second announcement is we're not doing any trades, right? I'm going to look at them. It's way too early for that kind of stuff. So if a trade offer comes up, and it almost certainly will, just going to ignore it immediately. Uh, and on the final thing is that this is the board. Uh, if there's somebody on there that's ranked 247th, but we want to pick them at pick 75, we're not going to do that because that would be terrible value. If you're not going to follow the board that you're using, what is the point so guys anything you want to say uh just general looking at the browns needs and targets and that sort of thing before we get started here
1: i don't i don't think so i mean i think it's pretty obvious what they need um defensive interiors an idea spot we know they desperately need wide receiver you know we steve you and i'm sure cory you're aligned with this too is dbs i i, we, I can't take enough of those guys um you know, they probably – but we should probably focus on a linebacker in the first round. Just let's get that Right. Out, right? <laughs> Especially when that's a redshirt senior. Let's, yeah. let's start there. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, you it's too know. bad Devin
0: Lloyd didn't uh, uh, didn't declare last year. Really liked him last year. We could have got him. Him and Linderbaum both. We could have stole them last year, and now this year they're probably going to be out of range. Uh, Corey, any, any – I mean, obviously wide receiver, um, defensive end, because we don't know what they're going to do with Clowney and Tack and those guys in defensive interior – Um, safety would probably be next on that. Um, And then there's, you know, you can make a case for tight end or maybe a a tackle or something like that, but anything out of the ordinary that you want to uh, bring up any positions out of the ordinary that you want to bring up before we get rolling here.
2: You just hit on it. I was going to say, you know, with a late season injury to Conklin, that's going to be a pretty long recovery and how kind of unimpressive our backup tackles have been like the fringe top 100, maybe end of day two, early day three you could see you could see offensive tackle enter enter the board potentially for the Browns so uh, but you hit on that so
0: I'm ready yeah absolutely uh and for those yeah uh Kyle Hamilton actually just made a Kevo 680 one of our regulars thank you for being here in the chat we always love you being here uh Kyle Hamilton obviously has been the class of this safety uh this upcoming safety class for the whole time and he was supposedly out for the year but he just said today that if it works out that Notre Dame makes the playoff. He might come back and play another game for them. So uh, another chance for him to shine on a uh, on a national stage. Uh, if you And for you guys in the chat, I think I said this, but if I don't, if you have questions or players you want to look at, um, throw them in here. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, let me go ahead and share this. I hope you guys can see this. Uh, I know it's kind of small, but this is how uh, we're running here. So we're going to go ahead and start the draft. You can see the first two picks there. Uh, Speaking of Kyle Hamilton, he went second to the Texans. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, long considered the number one overall pick, although lately Aiden Hutchinson uh, is uh, giving him a run there. And there he goes third. A lot of the edges going off the board, as you can see there, guys. Brown's currently picking 15th, which we'd hope they're not doing by the end of the year. And there we go. There's a trade offer. Not even going to look at him. All right, we are on the board. Uh, I know your guy just went at 14 there. Corey's probably throwing things. You're a big David Ojabo fan, aren't
2: I you? I am a big David Ojabo fan, but I'm a bigger fan of a wide receiver in the first round, and not a single one went off the board in those top 14 picks.
0: Right, right. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's do that first here. I am going to go ahead and bring up the wide receivers. Uh, I, I mean, you really, the first like seven or eight names, you can't go wrong um and it's so early at this point these guys could shift up and down you know some of them could end up you know early day two some of them could be top 10 by then it's a long draft process uh cory we'll go to you first since you are our guest Boy. from outside the obr here which guy do you want to look at first because i do have some basic just youtube <laughs> highlights right now no all 22 or anything just basic right. youtube highlights. which guy do you want to look at here first it's
2: garrett wilson uh if okay. they're all there it's, it's garrett wilson uh the best pure route runner, best pure separator in this class, which the Browns desperately, desperately need somebody who can win off the line, who can who can uh, be really man, uh, manipulative and shifty at the top of his routes and and off the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's Garrett Wilson. And he's really slippery in the open field, um, maybe an underrated part of his game. I don't think there's really an underrated part of his game, but just how hard he is to bring down when he has the ball in his hand. Um, so, I mean, if if this is the the board and where the Browns are at, that's the guy for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong, right, Jake? Uh, t- talk a little about about uh, what you like and maybe if there is an area of concern about Garrett Wilson, what you've seen. <clears throat> well, I think he's a
1: great athlete. I, I certainly think he's – he's. Uh, I-, I kind of always revert back, and you guys might recall this as true freshman year when he went up and made that catch against mm-hmm. Clemson where it seemed like he jumped about 46 feet in the air uh, to go make a play on the football. I like him. Um as far as his teammate, Alave, I don't think Alave is quite as explosive. I think he's a sleek route runner, uh, which is great. I don't think he tracks the ball as well as Wilson either, um, which, is, which is not to knock him. I, I think Alave does a nice job, but I feel like he doesn't quite track it in as comfortably Uh, at the catch point, if that makes sense. I just don't Mm -hmm. feel like he tracks it as comfortably. Not that he can't do it. He's very good. I'd be happy with Chris Olave. Don't get it twisted. But you're starting to really like, what is the best of the best here? You start to get tricky. I do like uh, his run after catch. I think he's going to blow away the combine. I think he can go up and make plays on the football up in the air. While not a dominating catch point, high catch point guy, he can still do it. Um, Good body control uh, has a really nice uh, means to finding the soft spot of a DB. And that means... When you're running a route and you know you got them blind for a split second, he can make you feel lost when you're oh, blind yeah. for a split second. Uh, so I like him. I do like Traylon Burks a lot, too, um, as far as a bigger body wide receiver who can really run. I mean, he's like a mini DK Metcalf in terms of the top speed he can get to at the size he is. So I don't have – listen, this isn't – going to make a caveat. I'd be happy with a lot of these guys. There's no, like, it's just at this point, the guy I've been tracking, and I know I'm not alone here. I just have always thought Wilson, for whatever reason, and he's gotten better, more nuanced as he's gone, is a guy who I believe is the most complete package at the position. Now, this is going to sound stupid too, but he's a Lake Travis guy. His quarterback will be a Lake Travis guy who will, you know, he'll be a guy that he respects automatically. I don't think there's any doubt that Baker has supported Garrett. if you go back to when Baker was drafted, there was a video of him there and talking about especially was going to be, I think there's, you know, I do think there's a little bit element to the closer tie to the quarterback already. You know, who knows if Baker will be here for the long haul? I don't know. You know, he's at least going to be here for the rookie season of one of these guys. So, there's a little bit of that, not a lot of it, but a little bit. So it's something I just, in my opinion, where I feel comfortable, not having talked to these guys personally, um, not having, you know, had them teach me what they know, all the things that we don't get to know, guys. You don't know how that is. What I see on the field, I really think he's he's the guy for me. So I, I would be I would be picking many guys I would like, but this is the guy I like the most.
0: If I yeah, can add, uh, no quick Sorry. quick shout-out, Thud86. Thank you for subscribing for the fourth month in a row. We appreciate you guys. I should note quickly, I wanted to do this at the top, and it slipped my mind. We will be giving away tickets, not tonight, but we will be giving away tickets to the Ravens game and the Raider game over the coming weeks. We will have those. Subscribers always get a slightly better odds uh, a chance uh, from the odds that the bot gives here when we do the giveaways on Twitch. So if you wanted to do that, uh, those first two links I put in there, you can get them for free. Uh, we watched Olave while Jake was talking. We've got trail Burks on the screen right now. So Corey, I wanted to go to you. Uh, you wanted to tag onto something that Jake said, talk a little bit about Olave. Talk a little bit about Burks here.
2: Yeah. So what Jake said, I, I resonate with a hundred percent. I'd be happy with a lot of these guys. But when you come down to where we're at now, it is getting really nitpicky. Um, and I honestly think, going back to what, what Jake was saying about Olave, is he's, he's struggling right now with footballs a little bit outside of his frame. So maybe the, those, those throws that are a little bit outside of the width of his shoulder. Um, he's, he's, he's having a hard time dealing with those, those footballs right now for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, Traylon Burks, I absolutely love as well. Um, very big th- vertical threat reminds me a lot of Josh Gordon, very strong after the catch. You'll see Arkansas really use him as a, as an extension of the run game as well, which is uh tremendous given he's six foot three and 230 pounds. Um, there is one guy on the board too, that I think is really going to be in this conversation by the time the combine comes by the time the season ends. Uh, and that's Jamison Williams as well. He's going to be, he's going to be up there uh, by the, by this, by the time April rolls around again, um, feels weird. We've been talking about three Buckeyes now. If you want to consider Javis Williams as well, um, legit four two speed. Uh, if we want to talk about a guy who could track the football, uh, just ridiculous. When we talk about those Alabama guys, we talk about Rugs. We talk about Waddle. Those speed guys. I don't think he's as nuanced as a route runner as Waddle was. I thought Waddle was tremendous, yes. absolutely tremendous uh, at, at every level of the field. Uh, but I, I think he's probably in that same mold as, as Henry Rugs. Henry Rugs was, um, you know, for better or for worse, where we're at with Rugs right now. But during his time at Alabama, um, an underrated route runner. A lot of people just saw him as a speed guy. And I think I think Williams is going to get thrown into that same kind of mold. Oh, he's just a speed guy. I, I don't think that's true. I love the way he tempos when he's when he's when he's playing across the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the suddenness in and out of his breaks as well. So um, Williams is definitely a guy I would even consider at 15 overall as well, and probably will be considered by the time the draft rolls around. That
0: Absolutely. Range. I 100% agree with you. And people have been asking about Drake London. He's the next guy I have queued up in our uh, highlight uh, thing here. And the thing I wanted to ask you, uh, we'll start with you, Corey, and then we'll go to you, Jake, is, and we've seen this become more common uh, over the past few years as rookies are being asked to step in and take on bigger roles in the passing game because of the way the game has evolved and the way the the rules have, uh, have evolved to favor the passing offense, just so ridiculously much. You have to be able to separate at the college level. Um, and that's one thing we're going to talk about with this next guy with Drake London is uh, there's questions about it. I think he can, but we'll, we'll get to it. And all the guys that we've talked about so far, Burks uh, Williams, the, both the Buckeyes, extremely, uh, much better route runners than maybe you would find from a, uh, a wide receiver class five, seven years ago or something like that, because they know they have to be able to separate because if you cannot separate, uh, at the college level, it is extremely unusual that you will suddenly learn to separate from NFL level cornerbacks. So, uh, any of those guys, uh, can separate well obviously we know the speed the numbers are ridiculous the raw numbers they've all got 11 jillion catches for a billion yards it's it's insane um so any one of those guys would be fabulous now this guy here uh there's been a couple of questions and he has the added element of being 6 5 and about 220 now normally in the past guys that were that big you know they were sort of plotting you know red zone guys and that Drake London is anything but. And a lot of his highlight reel catches are contested catches because he's so very good at it. And he's dangerous at the catch point And he's a fighter at the catch point. But he is not. We've seen a couple of them in the past few years, Corey, right? Uh, the guys where that's the only tool in the toolbox. You can't be just a contested catch guy at the college level. And he is not that, right?
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Uh Correct. You'll see, I mean, when he was healthy, he broke his ankle, unfortunately. But when he was healthy, like he was the target on a multitude of quick hitters, manufactured touches. Um, He would average 15, 16 catches a game and it'd be catches just like this. We know where they're they're looking to get, get him into space. Uh, He can run after the catch. I mean, he's, he's a physical dude again, where he is going to win most frequently though is at the catch point. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've seen a guy like Mike Evans, which I I believe Drake's probably a little more athletic than Mike Evans is um, who, who have been able to have a career, winning down the field winning at the catch point um, but Mike Evans is also very good at melting into zone coverage very good mm-hmm. at recognizing mm-hmm. where soft spots are um, but I think Drake London is, is along that same line so maybe why he while he's not the greatest separator at the top of his routes I think he's really subtle really savvy at the top of his routes again mm-hmm. you, you'll hear, you'll hear people say wide receivers should always be trying to to commit offensive pass interference Drake London is very good at committing offensive pass interference in a very subtle way where he's, he's getting those little added steps uh, at the top of his routes. Um, he's just a very smart receiver, and, again, he'll beat you up at the catch point too.
0: Yeah, and Jake, he's one of those guys um... – <laughs> He was, for most of this season, the only threat on on USC's offense. Everybody knew he was getting the ball, like Corey said, 14, 15, 16 catches a game, and they still couldn't stop him. I mean, what does that say about a guy like that when he can do that at, you know, the Pac-12, maybe not the SEC, but certainly the top echelons of college football competition?
1: Well, you, you know, I haven't studied London as much as I probably should, partly because just like where Cleveland's expected to draft and and some of those things. I just haven't gotten to him yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, if you're playing against power five teams and they can't literally keep the ball out of your hands, it does mean something. I don't know what it means yet because I haven't really gotten to studying him a ton. I have seen highlights, as you've shown, but I have not dug deep on him. But he doesn't seem limited. Where you get sort of into dangerous territory, I think Corey just alluded to it, is when you get into the and in kill Harrys of the world, where mm-hmm. all they do well is go up and get the football. Right. Like that doesn't translate as well as it needs to, because oh yeah, the other guys in the NFL that play corner are a little bit better now, and they're going to probably handle that to to a to a more um, you know to a higher degree, I guess is the way to say it. But if you have that in your bag as somebody that can separate, but also then kind of like Jamar Chase, I think people underestimated. His ability to separate, on top of going up and getting the football, or separating at the very tippy top of those takeoff routes, uh, some of those little nuanced things—it's a nice thing to have. You're six-five and some change. You're going to naturally, organically do some of those things. So he's fun. I think he's definitely worthy of being a day one conversation guy into day two. But it's going to be pick your flavor at the end of the first round, as it always right. is, guys. Yeah. You're going to you're going to find that there's a group of them—the David Bells, the the Jahan Dotsons—that are going to be the end of the round one guys, in my opinion. We could change going to be the end of the round one, guys into day two where if – and what we'll do, guys, as I would imagine, Steve, you would agree with this, is we'll go through this. We'll look at our – we'll take our first-round guy. Then when we get up to our second pick, we'll kind of play this out as if we had taken a D-end early and look at what day two receivers would be interesting because there's a good group of day two receivers I think we would all agree. But, yeah, I mean, to London's he, he seems – I want to watch more of him. I don't want to sound uneducated and stupid, but I also don't want to tell you guys the wrong thing right now. The productions are off the charts. It's It's real. How is he getting it? I think Corey alluded to it. I think the size of factor, he's going to run a little better than people anticipated. And I'm also not totally convinced he comes out this year either. I'm just, I'm not totally convinced. I feel, I think he's pretty young, isn't he?
0: He'll be 20 at the day of the draft. 20
1: at the day of the draft. Some exciting things going to be happening at USC. I just, I'm not totally convinced. So I don't know. We'll see if he declares. I'll study him more. But uh, if there's like, oh, there's every year, guys. There's one or two guys you are like, wow, he didn't declare? I just, you know, is he rushing through rehab? Does he not feel good? Hey, it's a loaded wide receiver class. I'll still be 21 when the next class comes up. I could be the dude in the next class. Maybe I don't want to go round 2. I'd rather go round 1 and secure the bag a little bit more. And hey, it's not all too bad to go back to school at USC for a year as I think we could all agree.
0: So I'm just saying it. could happen. Yeah, they, they, they were in the news something. I, I don't know what they did something this uh, week. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know. A lot of <laughs> money. Tiny little story. I just saw it in the back pages or something like Kevo. We will get to your question about that uh, in, a, in just one second. But there's one more guy I wanted to bring up here. And, and I, I will go into this by echoing what you guys just said don't take it the wrong way. We're not saying we don't care if a guy is as good at contested catches. It's great. And, and in the NFL, you almost have to be at least passable at it to be good, but it can't be the only tool in your tool belt at the college level, because it's very rare that that translates into success at the NFL level. It's got to be one of the things you do. You have to be able to separate. And one of the guys who we're not talking about with day one as much, although Jake brought up his name as the kid from Penn State. And I'll go to you, Corey, on this guy. You want to talk about a guy who can separate and has some of the strongest hands, like snatches the ball out of the air that I've seen in a long time. Jahan Dotson. Talk about Jahan Dotson for a little bit because he's probably going to be in the conversation depending on which part of the first round the Browns end up in.
2: Yeah, he can pluck it.
0: Uh, I mean, I go back to that play he had against Sean Wade last year where
2: you know, for better or worse, Sean Wade at the catch point at Ohio, during his last year at Ohio State was where he took the most heat. But uh, Jahan Dotson plucked it off of his head uh, last year. So I 100 percent agree. He's got some of the strongest hands of the class. Um, he's very explosive. So getting open down the field is, is where he he thrives. Um, again, he's a good blind spot attacker, kind of the same way that that Garrett Wilson is, and um, that's kind of that's kind of how he wins. Um, but again just goes up and gets, gets the football again. He's not a guy I've watched a ton of, I've watched a few games, but I'm not as well-versed on Dotson, but, um, he's consistent. He's reliable. He's sturdy. Um, and he's explosive. So I, I think he's got all the tools to be, to be a guy. Uh, the question I would have is, can he be a, a, a number one guy, Can mm-hmm. he be that guy you can target, um, 10 times a game, 11 times a game, and expect him to, to, to go out and do what he's doing at the college level. Um, I'm excited to dig in a little bit more and kind of answer that question for myself as well um but i like what i see
0: well yeah i mean it uh, we should say this too we said it at the top of the show we'll say it again it's the first week of december guys uh, very <laughs> few people who very few people who aren't named dane brugler have done you know hours and hours and hours of research on these guys we're all still you know fairly early in our in our so a lot of these names could change but uh kevo here brings up a a good point and uh we'll get to our pick here uh shortly uh if there's a run on receivers, I, we mentioned the uh, defensive end uh, at the top of the show. We mentioned defensive tackle, maybe even safety, something like that. Uh, where would you go? And I'll bring the board back up here, and we'll go through the uh, the conversations. We'll start with you, Jake. Where would you think would be the second uh, play, if if there are no wide receivers left on the board?
1: Can you zoom in a little bit on it and scroll, scroll for me? Open it back up.
0: Um, let me see. Here, I'll go to the edge. Uh, I think... How's that?
1: All right. That's much better. Uh, okay. What about just emptying out position? Let's see what's all out there.
0: All out there. OK, yeah. here's the whole thing. Ooh, Evan Neal still alive. And Charles Cross, man, it, you know, it, depending on what they do in free, if they go out and have a massive free agency again, I, I wouldn't put one of those because people are talking about Evan Neal and Charles Cross being like, and I hate this word, but, you know, generational type stuff. They're talking about it being really, really freaking good. So anyway, uh, go, back to you, Jake.
1: Andrew Booth is really good.
0: Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's
1: really good. I can't keep taking so many DBs, but he's really good. Um, Yeah, I I mean, Tyler Lindebaum is really good. It's just what's your value as a center for a right. long time in the NFL? And
0: For this it, team.
1: For this team, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It feels like a luxury pick almost, and they don't have the room for luxury. What's in the IDL group? I mean, Wyatt can play. Perry on Winfrey can play. I just... Those You're guys are where they're they're, Yeah, yeah. those. It's not even. You know, it's just. I mean, there's some guys I like on our football team. Later on, I mean, I think Sanders can play. Definitely, I like um, Trevon Walker a um, ton. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I mean, Georgia's got like 17 guys who I think can end up playing <laughs> I in the know. NFL. And then um, down
0: here, there's a couple of guys, Isaiah, Cam Thomas, Isaiah Foskey, Foskey's and fun. ZTF, man. Those are yeah. guys that I think are going to end up... The ZTF, the, the Achilles might keep him in this range. The other two guys yeah. I think are going way higher than this by the end of the, uh, of the cycle.
1: I just think it's the perfect... This is going to sound crazy. It Almost when it was the uh, two years ago, when it perfect... And even last year, I think the Browns could be on a three-year streak of the better positions available, or what they need. Right. They really needed a tackle a few three years, two years ago, lined up with where they were picking to get a good tackle. Same thing with corners last year. Thought they needed another one, and there was a nice run in the twenties. And we know what Greg Newsom is now. I I don't even think they should be considering anything else at this point with the situation at hand, the situation of the board. Take Garrett Wilson, and hey man, let's feel like we're a better football team because of it.
0: Okay, let's throw it to the chat real quick. Uh, Garrett Wilson being the pick—just a simple yes or no at this point. Go for it. We'll give it a few seconds here, and if there's a if there's a lot you're of, you're like the scouts
1: in the back of the room where <laughs> yes. Like- we'll let you we'll let you say but we're going to pick who we want okay. me they're not going to object to a buckeye being
0: picked yeah 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 this it kind of feels like when my wife asked me my opinion it's i'm really more of a figurehead i'm not a voting member of the board in this yeah. house so yep. bingo okay there we go all right yeah uh, we yes. thought so but we wanted to throw it out to you guys so we're going to go ahead and take uh, garrett wilson that's our guy and let's go back and and watch what happens now
1: optimistic I would love to take a tackle I think a development tackle would still be fine in my book got
0: an yeah
1: I I I, Chris Hubbard is we'll we'll get there but you know I think they need to consider that
0: for sure well while it's rolling go ahead and talk about it yeah
1: (laughs) yeah well I mean I truly think that I don't know Hubbard's now two years of injuries and you can't keep that around you're going to cut him because of the money situation anyway it was so nice a few years back to have uh Lamb and Hubbard and I think they need to keep drafting some young tackles that they can develop good athletes, young, younger-ish players in the later rounds, and try to develop them. I mean, you have a great offensive line coach, and maybe you strike gold, that's what you want. And I would much like I like drafting DBs, I'm I'm you know, draft tackles, man. Yeah. Draft
0: them athletic and, ones, and draft athletic ones. And the guy that you mentioned there, uh, you just scrolled out. So I mean, optimistic realist, yes, uh, Aaron Frost, man. Uh, and he's like 290th on this board at this moment, which I think indicates to me, they just haven't gotten to him yet, uh, you know, but I think he's going to be, and Corey, I know you've been looking he's at him mean. too. Oh man, he's, I think he's, he's top 100, right? I think he's probably in the 50 to 100 range and in, in, in somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, once people get around to him, um,
2: he's mean almost to a fault sometimes. I've seen some after the play stuff going <laughs> on with Aaron Frost. Um, yeah. I don't know how teams will value that. Um, but man, he, I, I like his set. He, it's quick. It's, it's it's explosive. He's not a guy who's going to be able to, I would wonder, I would have concerns of how he's going to handle NFL high side speed would be a concern that I would have. I see a lot of jump sets. I don't see a lot of explosive 45 sets where he's got a reach guy line aligned in wide nine or vertical sets for that matter. So mm-hmm. that would be a concern that I would have,
0: but that I, that would- I like him. And that may be why some people are and we see this every year, and I know we, all three of us just can 't stand this because they try to do it to every single tackle, but some people have said he may be better suited at guard uh, at the next level, and you know obviously people that understand it, the Duke Minweathers and the Bill Callahans and those guys that understand it, but you know Brandon Thorne, they understand it much better than I do. I will wait. Uh, for them. But at this point, I, I'd be happy with him uh, as a right tackle. We are at pick 46. We are on the board. You see, Trevon Walker just went one pick before us. John Mechie, another guy uh, that early in the season was getting round one, uh, top half of round one run. Uh, Zion Johnson, a tremendous uh, uh, prospect. Um, some other guys in here, George Pickens, if he's healthy, uh, he could go high, uh, Mijai Sanders, like you said, uh, Malik Willis, some quarterbacks going off the board. Uh, where do you guys, what do you guys want to look at next? What position? Can you I see look a at
2: There's a safety that I don't know if he went off the board or not, that I'm, that I would like to, to see save. where he's at least slated at here. Oh, he here, must be off. He must be off the board.
0: Who are the, here are the was, top safeties. Who are you yeah, looking for? I was looking for Dax Hill. Okay.
2: But I would assume yeah. Dax Hill's probably gone.
0: Okay. So do we want to look at Dax Hill? Edge? He's
2: like 30, right? He's
1: so old. Dax (laughs) ill. Did you
2: saw that too? I did
1: see that. It was funny. Okay. uh, Let's real quick, Steve. Let's look at the wide receivers just to entertain ourselves and just say, if they were up in round two, they didn't take one round one. David Bell would be a
0: ton of fun here. I've got some Um, stuff on him. Let me go look that up.
1: I don't think Trey, I don't know if Trey Turner comes out. Um,
2: I would love to come back and get Zay Zay Flowers. If we needed a second guy, you know, late day three, if he was there, he might be a second round guy
0: Yeah.
1: First team, all Big Ten, you know, that matter. I mean, he was, he produced like crazy. I think he won the wide receiver of the year award, I believe. He's That's a finalist. He um, yeah, he's really good, man. He's yeah. fluid and just catches everything.
0: There's some guys in here. Uh, Khalil Shakir is really interesting, but I read, uh, and I haven't seen, we'll have to wait for the official measurement. I heard he has uh, really short arms, which could be an issue in the NFL. Uh, Jalen Tolbert has been mentioned to me several times. He is outside the age guardrail, as is Reggie Roberson Jr. You see him there from MSU. Romeo Dubs is a guy that I really like. Uh, And I think he's he has the potential. He's 173 here, which, again, I just think they haven't gotten to him yet. But uh, I think he could be there. And then uh, Dante Demas Jr. I'm going to keep my eyes on him for late, like that Mm -hmm. seventh round pick, uh, because he had the uh, and this guy here. Jayvon Hiley. uh, Boy, that kid, I think he's going to go a lot higher than that, uh, to be honest. I think he's got some stuff. But Dante Dimas could be one of those guys. You take the shot on seventh round. He had the knee injury. He had the surgery. And boy, does he have some
3: skills.
1: Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just because he's playing out of Maryland anyway, but he just feels like he's going to get drafted
0: by the Ravens
3: yeah just the type of dick man um Um, there was a
0: question here i want to go over real quick uh from Day, who is one of our regulars and also one of our subscription gifting maniacs Uh, he's in the club Day has gifted i don't know a couple hundred it's amazing we really appreciate it very quick summary of the age guardrail is if you are 23 years old at the time of the draft highly unlikely that uh um uh andrew barry is going to spend a draft pick on you especially a top 100 draft pick. Now we should mention, we're not sure how that applies to quarterbacks because the data on quarterbacks and Corey, you will back me up on this is that more starts is better. Uh, and that generally obviously translates to guys that are older. And there's a guy where we may talk about when we get to that fourth round pick, who will turn 23, a couple of weeks before the draft quarterback is such a unique position that it's, it's, I don't want to say you definitely get outside the age guardrail for that, but Corey, the data is pretty clear that more college starts and a little bit older, older guy translates to more success in the NFL, like the quarterback position, correct? Yeah. And I generally don't think like quarterback is such a, they
2: say it's the most important position in professional sports. So there's a guy who's clearly the guy. I don't think age is going to, is going to sway a team from being like, okay, unless he's 28, Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was something that, you know, was hypothetical and never happened, but um, I I don't think, I don't think age is really even going to sway in analytical front office at at quarterback. Yeah. I, so I, I agree with, with starts, but I think it goes even further than that. Like if this is the guy and you really like what you want and you think he can be your franchise quarterback for 10, 12 years, you're not going to care that he's 33 in 10 years or 34 in 10 years. You're going to, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be, thrilled that you got a guy that you think is is the guy so
0: absolutely and a, a quick note here i i agree with you uh d i'm just gonna say boinka uh david bell is one of those guys and Corey, i know you've looked at him too dd neinberg he <laughs> did i get that right that, that was, did, was exceptionally german that was that Thank was you. exceptionally <laughs> german i enjoyed that um david bell and i know you've uh, studied him Corey it's weird to study him because he doesn't do any single trait at an elite level, but he does every trait at a very good level. Right. Yeah. He
2: reminds me, you know, of of a guy I loved last year in Rashad Bateman, not super, not super athletic. I mean, he ran in the four, fours at his pro day. You can those numbers or whatever, but Rashad Bateman wasn't overly explosive, Uh, but he's all the subtleties, all the nuances of playing the position, the footwork, the hands, the, knowing how to to manipulate DB's hips to, to create that ounce of separation. Those are the things that, that good wide receivers thrive at. And even if he's not, you know, the most explosive, the, the best athlete, if you can do that, you can thrive in this, in this league for a long time. Hunter Renfro is, is opening up the hips of DB's and he's, he looks like my nephew. So um, (laughs) if you can, if you can do those things well, you can, you can win this league.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at, uh, some of the edge rushers. Uh, it does not look like the board fell particularly well for us to go wide receiver and then edge, but it's another position. Uh, first guy here, Kingsley in uh, from, uh, uh, from, uh, South Carolina. He's got a lot of athleticism, maybe a little needs to work on being more stout in the run game, right, Corey? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Another guy I need to check out a little bit more of, but the thing that pops
2: off the thing with Kingsley, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but with Kingsley is, is, is how well he can bend his, his athleticism, the, the lower body, lower body flexibility he has. Uh, that dude can take some tight corners. Um, again, there is the worry that, that he might be a pass rest specialist, but at, at this point, if it's not a first round investment and you're looking for somebody who can get after the quarterback, you, you might be okay with that. Um, yeah. Again, as far as setting the edge goes, as far as, as being physical in the run game, yeah, there's there's there's, there's definitely some room for improvement. But um, what he brings athletically, what he brings with his lower body flexibility, the way that he can win off a high side is is there.
0: Yeah, it's pretty special. But, Jake, um, and, and this was a discussion last year. There was a big argument about it when they signed uh, uh, and Clowney. The way the Browns run their defensive line, the guy opposite Miles, of course you would love to have him scream around the corner and have a be a ten, another 10-plus 10 sack guy. But they really like guys who can not only rush the passer but can set the edge and be stout in the run game, right?
1: Yeah, because they'll mess with Miles' fit so often that they like, they like having – a guy who can play outside in and run game without, you know, it actually works out really well that Clowney's not a, an exclusive bend guy off the edge because mm-hmm. he can play a little more of how they like that that strong side in to play. So, um, uh, Optimistic Realist asked another question. I think he's got some good ones here. Linebacker to me. Okay, let me kind of lay this out. I think, I think that they like Jacob Phillips a lot. I think they think he's going to be a player whenever he can stay healthy. Now, you can argue and say, fair, he's not been healthy. Rough rookie year, freak injury his second year, when are we going to see him? I think they really like, if they do keep Ronnie Harrison, I think they're going to realize he needs to play closer to the line of scrimmage a lot. They were at their best defensively when he was playing a ton of dimebacker last night. JOK, I think, has all pro future. I don't think that's hyperbolic at all. I think he's proving it every week right now that his potential ceiling is an all pro backer. And as, at the minimum he's, if he didn't miss any games, I think he'd make the pro bowl this year. I think he's playing that well. Um, then you also can say, okay, between Wilson and Taki Taki, Eileen, Taki Taki, you have a Sam who can play 15 to 20 snaps a game. You know, that's fine. I think those players are fine. That's three. Then you got Tony fields. You got, you know, maybe you add another veteran type like Malcolm Smith. And it's like, why do we need to invest another high pick in that? So, I just don't don't necessarily think linebacker is going to be one that they're unless somebody like JOK, a player like that stumbles into the second round again. And I don't see anybody like that right now. Could be, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Corey. I again, I'm mostly digging into this stuff at a, at a deeper level after the draft, but I don't know that there's a player like that here. And I don't even know if they are even considering it period.
2: No, okay. I don't think you're going to see a player like JOK for another year. or So, um, there are these some guys good players from, here.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean Tutu is good. I like Chad Muma at Wyoming quite a bit. Damon Clark mm-hmm. at LSU has been on my radar for a while. But like you just said, and like we talked about in the in the first round when we looked at uh, the Linderbaum and those guys, they're great players. Certainly worthy of the pick. But are there bigger needs and better fits for this team? And I think that's where we fall into right here. I mean, would Chad Moon be worth, you know, if not this pick, the, the next pick at 79 or wherever we are? Yeah, I think he would. But is he the right pick for this team? I don't think so. And it sounds like you're falling into that same camp, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's, uh, let's
1: look at a tight end. Somebody made a good point about the love for tight ends in Cleveland. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I want David Njoku back, but who knows? You got to be open to the fact he might not. There are some good That's tight ends. So, it's in such draft. a good
2: tight end
0: class. It's a very it's, good tight end class. Yeah.
1: Fun names right there. Trey McBride is a ton of fun. I think Jeremy Ruckert was is just the worst offense for that dude to find success. Yep. I like Jeremy Ruckert. Mm-hmm. Um, I some don't know the- that they would go tight end round two. Just to guess here, but Cole Turner
2: is a productive, productive player for Nevada. He's
1: and fun. And
0: yep. yeah. Cole
2: I, Turner, though, I think it, it depends what kind of tight end they're looking for. Cole is definitely a flex. Right. A flex guy, for sure. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a great class to need tight end. Trey McBride, if, if he's there at 124, Trey McBride is tremendous.
1: Mm-hmm. Tremendous. Yeah. So, I do agree. Tight end should be something we look at here. So, a lot of this, as you guys know, as we do conjecture-based things, it is... Who's coming back. I, I think the way it's pointing, they're going to try to bring Clowney back for another year and maybe build a two-year plan with an option to get out of it after a year. Um, but I I don't know. What does the interior group look like? I'm trying to think of spots on this defense that really need
0: improved. Um, interior is definitely one those first three guys can all play uh where they're ranked here if that's where they end up being ranked would obviously not be good value for the 46th pick but i think they're both uh, you know or all three of them are definitely second round consideration guys by the end of the process but um i mean yeah. davis
1: gets a ton of attention at georgia obviously i think Wyatt can really play mm-hmm. um I, I winfrey was all over the field against oklahoma state he was really really good in that game i mean offensively start to look at what other moves are they going to make are they going to let somebody go like treader go are they gonna you know what is what is the right tackle situation look like the the, i don't know what the timetable for that return is um you know maybe they don't sign anybody in the in the free agency they whiff on people they really want and they get real crazy and said hey we'll take garrett wilson and david bell and we'll yeah. feel really good about wide receiver for the next five ten years like mm-hmm. i'm just saying it's not that crazy uh if you think he's by far the best player on the board let's just get two really good of these sobs where where have the browns struggled guys the defense has been a little up and down but they can't throw the football and they don't have a ton of wide receivers so mm-hmm. you know a wide receiver group that is garrett wilson david bell Donovan People's Jones and Anthony Schwartz is kind of fun I mean you yeah. you immediately go from a group that's like eh." to oh okay you know what i'm saying so and,
0: and when you look here most people think wide receiver edge right now in some order are one and the first and second round picks. zach harrison
1: I mean, makes me nervous man i, I don't, don't
0: like not mm. i don't like it i don't like a lot of he's him right
1: now. so stiff yeah. he's i mean
2: he's the explosive you, you, he's all straight line though there's no bend to his game at all he's got a lot of clowny without the elite size athleticism that Clowney brought uh, where
1: he plays in a similar way where clowny didn't bend well and it got worse over time as his body wore down. I you know also think saying? Harrison's
2: probably a little less physical at the point. Of oh, hundred
1: percent. He's well. a homeless man's version of him. I'm not yeah. saying he's him because <laughs> Clowney still goes first on the draft. I mean, you, yeah. you go, you go there because you're, you're really good. But if you look at how clown won in the NFL, I think it's going to be a similar path to how Zach Harrison's going to win in the NFL, mm-hmm. using him in a bunch of weird ways, you know, or saying, Hey, we don't mind that. He's not going to be an elite edge turning guy. He's going to just, you know, use long arms and clubs and, Try to get past you that way.
0: Uh, Jermaine Johnson, for those wondering, outside the age guardrail. Last uh, chance you. Corey, I uh, I think it was you. I saw a tweet either today or yesterday that you wouldn't be surprised if Harrison should would go back to school. Uh, and I agree with you guys. All the athleticism is there. It's a Harrison's, bad year
2: for Harrison. Yeah, he's
0: going to test off the charts if he declares and goes to the combine. But I just I personally don't see it. Logan Hall, very interesting. I, unfortunately, I did not grab any highlights of him. And then some other guys a little bit further down the board will run their highlights in Foskey and ZTF and Camp Thomas and those guys. will talk about that. But I got to be honest, guys. If this were the board, and obviously we're pre-free agency, we're pre alotted We're way out over our skis here. Uh, this would be a spot where I could see uh, Andrew Barry trading back because there's nobody here that really trips my trigger at 46. Nobody that I absolutely have to have at 46. Now, we're not going to do that here, so I'm going to ask you guys, where do we want to look right here? Do you? I, I think as it sits right here, our best option is what Jake just said. We go David Bell here. Yeah.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Look at safety. Something that I have thought this year, fellas, is if you – and I i was worried about this, but I didn't say it. If you have a bunch of safeties who can do everything, typically you say they can do everything. You typically don't have a post safety, a free. And they have been proven here to be putting the wrong guys back deep <laughs> often. I think that they have players who can play forward. So if Ronnie Harrison goes, very possible at this point, you're looking at Grant Delpit, who I'm high on. I think he can be fine over time. Not, It's been a very rookie year for him, a lot of up and down. But you like about Grant Delpit is he can come play the slot. He can, he can man-to-man the tight end. He can play close to the line of scrimmage. What do you like about J.O.K.? A lot of the same thing. Or sorry, about, about John Johnson. A lot of the same things. Brandon Joseph, I, I loved his tape two years ago. I have not mm-hmm. studied him this offseason, but it's like they need a – Free safety dude who can play back there and play comfortably back there, and I don't know who that is yet. I'm not ready to say it. I mean, we're doing this very early, guys. Like, don't come back and look. Oh, I saw what you said in December second. Like, I, I just, I remember really liking some of Brandon Joseph's tape uh, when I was studying Greg Newsom. So I don't, I, I'm not saying that's the guy, but that's something where I think you, you, safety is a position that they need to address they were they've been when they've been at their worst this year it's because deep coverage has been bad and all i'm saying is versatile safety play can sometimes think like cover up what you think and if you don't if you only have deep safeties you don't have anybody who can play close And if you only have guys who are like really good at playing close well he can play deep sometimes who's your deep dude if we're going cover three in a pivotal moment who's my deep dude that doesn't take away from coming up to the line of scrimmage and being a guy up in the box like that's what I want John Johnson to be doing. So, like, who's the dude that can play in the back? That's kind of what I'm getting at, and I don't know who that is. Maybe it's uh, your Twitter feed. I'm not sure, but I'm you know I like Brandon Joseph. There, there's probably going to be some other guys when we start really digging into this. But safety is a position that is of uh, is of interest to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Corey. What do you think of Brandon Joseph and then uh, Lewis? Uh, uh, is it Sign? I should have looked that up before. Sign's a downhill guy, so mm-hmm. if we're looking for a guy who's, who's going to be
2: playing deep, sign, he's very physical, very, mm-hmm. very good in run fits, very good at running the alley, uh, a hard hitter. Um, Brandon Joseph has had a down year. So, uh, I mean, I think TDN had him as, like, their number three, four guy, a top five guy on their board coming into the season,
1: mm-hmm. like,
2: that high. Uh, and I love Brandon Joseph's tape as well um, coming into the season. Um,
1: What's up with Jalen Catalan? Is that, is that you were just talking about?
0: No brand what
1: Jason. what what is Jay, what hey, he's another guy when you kept hearing people talk about Arkansas they would always kind of bring him up. I don't know what he does though haven't looked at it, I probably could look at it on the fly here as I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> I have pro football focuses stuff.
0: Let's see, Marquise Bell, the guy down there at Florida A&M, tremendous HBCU product. Uh, <coughs> Jordan Reed put him in his top 40 HBCU, and as his number one HBCU product, uh, a prospect. I'm sorry, uh, earlier th- in this season, I got really excited, and then I found out age guardrail. So you know, that's that's a guy that we're not going to be able to uh, to take a look at. I definitely think safety could be on the board for all the reasons that you said, Jake. We thought coming into this year that they had a, a versatile and complete. Safety room like we thought they had guys who could do anything and it would give them so much flexibility to disguise things and everything. And maybe they do and they're just being used wrong. I don't know, but it certainly seems like uh, Ronnie Henderson is playing himself into another city for next year.
1: Yeah, so with Harrison, you kind of lose a little bit of flexibility. Uh, Brandon Joseph has gone down. He was an 83.4 grade last year and 88.5 in coverage. He's actually had a, a fallback year. He's he's covered. He's done more box stuff this year. He's up to 346 box snaps. So there's almost an 80 increase there. Uh, you got to mention there's less games. His grades have gone down across the board, so he did not have a very good year this year. But there is a guy who on tape has had good tape. He had a ridiculous interception against Justin Fields in that Big Ten title game. Uh, there's something there, but maybe something you could get a little bit later. Um, Who who else are we talking about? Catalan. Yeah. Let's see yeah. if he's more of a guy or not. I have
0: seen people all over the board on Catalan this year. And mm-hmm. Corey, I know you probably have too, because you follow a lot of the same draft people. Some people love him. Some people think yeah. he's got all kinds of holes in his game. So I personally have not had a chance to to take a look at Catalan. Um
2: I, yeah, I'm not going to talk on something I don't know about. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of deeper snaps, but it, it, it I think he's been hurt. He's only gotten 391 total this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not comfortable with picking a safety here because I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think we would trade down or I'd take David Bell here and also be like, yeah. kind of cool. Also, I whatever. would
0: say, uh, uh, I'm, and this is something that we say all the time, this position always in the conversation always in the conversation. And there's about four or five guys here in, uh, near the top of this uh, board a quarterback, or I'm sorry, cornerback that I, I think are all very good all the way down to Jermaine Waller coming back from the injury last year. I think he can be very, very good in the right system. Uh, Darian Kendrick has had a complete transformation. he has been uh,
2: tremendous been, this year.
0: Ridiculous. Yes. Uh, right out in Oregon can do everything. I mean, there's a lot of, I like a Caleb Evans down in Missouri too. I mean, Missouri guys are, you know, Whatever uh, you know, the uh, you can you can say what you want because their program can be so up and down. But I really like a Caleb Evans tool, so it's another thing uh, to consider at this point. But when it comes right down to it, I'm right or I'm I'm, I agree with you, unless you are on the quarterback in this round train, uh, quarterback in this round train, which I don't think any of us are. And then this guy here, who I know Corey likes quite a bit, uh, would be in the conversation. But I think we'll throw it to the chat. I think we've decided we're going to go. Uh, with, uh, uh, David Bell here and then, uh, uh look at some other pro- uh, uh, positions down the line chat. Yes or no on David Bell in the second round to back up, uh, the first pick, which was Garrett Wilson.
1: Um, nine, uh, DD Nineberg, who said, I did say his name, right. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I I definitely think Jordan Elliott's had a better second year than first year. I think he's a long. He is at least a, he was a guy who I was so nervous last year was I was like, is this guy going to be able to even finish his rookie contract like Chad Thomas?
3: Mm-hmm. But he's
1: had some flashes, not great all the time by any stretch, but some flashes to make me think he can
0: he can be in at
1: least a first contract cycle guy. But uh, yeah, rotation that yeah
0: for sure. Um, so it looks like the chats in agreement. We're going to go ahead and take uh, uh, David Bell here. Uh, and then we'll just move on. All agreed? This would have been easier if Trayvon Walker didn't come off the pick before. Exactly. Much easier conversation.
2: <laughs> That's a guy who plays a lot like Clowney. You yeah. Inside-out versatility. Brute force, yeah.
0: And he's got the speed. I've seen him lined up. And Foskey mm-hmm. does the same. I've seen him lined up at linebacker, not just dropping from the edge, but I've seen him lined up at linebacker. Trevor Walker's also lined up at nose tackle. It's mm-hmm. If he was there, that would have been the pick. I mean, we would yep. have talked about it because we have time to kill, but, you know, <laughs> he, he would have been the pick. So we're going to go ahead and take David Bell and uh, and let it roll here. Now, uh, I think we almost – of course, again, we're, we're pending – you know, free agency and everything here. And this could completely change if they sure. were to go out and
1: yeah. So don't back.
0: think they're going to, but if they signed a Chris Godwin or, or something like that, that would obviously change the conversation. But as we sit here on December 2nd, put, this put it exists. this way,
1: put it this way. If you added David Bell and, and Garrett Wilson to this team, right this second, would you feel really good about their wide receiver group all of a sudden? Absolutely. I, I think I would. So like, I get it. It's probably not optimal to take two guys, same position, one draft, what if the dudes are there and you've lost some other spots and you can't, maybe you can't trade down whatever. It's like, okay, I got two really good football players and we might've solved this position for a while. Like we right. could have two really good dudes here and why not take good players when they're right. right in front of you? So I'm not, I don't think it's that crazy.
0: I think at this point now, since we did go wide receiver with the first two picks, I, we almost, we're almost forced to look at edge and, and IDL, right. And hope that, some kind of value is there is that well what let's we're looking see what wide him?
1: receivers are still i'm just <laughs> <laughs> jake jake has targeted an area that they have to get better at
0: all right you guys we'll tell the or... edge here uh nolan smith i know has some fans and there's the three guys right there camp thomas isaiah foskey and uh, ztf uh personally i think foskey and ztf are those would be my guys in this spot either one of them and i love foskey's tape and i love his fit with the way this uh, with the way this defense wants to run ztf the only concern for me is the achilles now he tore the achilles in april and he's already back playing and looking explosive and fluid so i don't know if it's actually a concern but it's something that's going to be talked about um we'll go to you uh, first on this cory we'll go to the idl guys after this but quickly uh what the top of the guys that are available here on the edge board thoughts on some of these guys
2: yeah i think nolan smith could 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 strike their fanny based off of you know how like how they like to profile guys by age and athletic profile. Freak athlete, young guy. There's nothing to his game yet. He's a big ball of clay. So if you want a big ball of clay, Nolan Smith is your guy to mold uh, into a potential superstar edge rusher. He has that kind of high upside. Uh, but I mean, he is as raw as it gets right now. Um, Cam Thomas he could be an inside out guy. Um, haven't dug in a whole lot on cam Thomas yet. Um, but he's definitely got some game to him. Foskey though. Uh, I agree with you. Extremely explosive, very explosive. Um, kind of in that same mold. He's not as explosive as David O'Hara obviously, but, um, very strong hands can really punch, um, offensive tackle back onto their heels. Uh, a lot of closing speed as you can see there. Um, there are some rooms to grow with his hands though. Again, um, But I mean, if you're picking in the third round, you're not going to get a a well-rounded edge rusher uh, who hasn't had some sort of either injury history or off the field history. So um, but again, I think he can be that guy opposite Miles Garrett, the guy they're kind of looking for to to set a strong edge to um, win more with power, uh, collapse pockets Four miles opposite miles. That could be your guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your thoughts on what they need to look for uh, as we watch Foskey here, and I'll bring up ZTF next. As far as the edge guy, uh, Jake. Well, I don't.
1: They're kind of spoiled in a sense. They're they're looking for supplementary types. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you want to hit on somebody, but you 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 have a template and Clowny. I think that you know you're almost looking for somebody like Emmanuel Agba too, like that mm-hmm. type of dude, long frame um is comfortable playing the run to the pass not always being a pass to the run guy um can move still good athletic traits fosky's good i'd have no issue with that ztf seems fine too i i haven't seen a ton of him since he's come back but you hear about some glowing reviews and if he was a you know a guy that would have come out last year or whatever whenever he came out he's you know an interesting player um You know, I'm also worried about like looking at the window and then being all in next year and saying at this point, is there a player here that could help us? Where do we need the most help? Just a part of my gut. Maybe the upper left portion feels like Clowney is coming back. And I don't know that you have to force an edge. I just I do. I really think they're D D tackles who are just. uh, You know, I think there's some things about McDowell I like, but the group is just so uninspiring and. I really worry about that group being a weak link again next year. Um, Yeah. Show me the board again. I'll give you my, my, I mean, I don't have any issue with taking an edge player. Uh, You know, I don't, the thing to me is it's just like, you've, I've really liked what Clowney and Tack have done for them this year. And it's like, when they're good, I give them another year, you know, but I also don't mind taking another player too, who can get some snaps in there. So Um, Yeah,
0: I think if you're looking for a young edge, even if they do, and I said this in today's mock draft that came out on the OBR. Um, even if they do bring back, and I agree with you, I think it's trending that way, especially with the money they're going to save in a couple of other spots that, uh, either one or potentially both of Jevi and Clowney and Tack McKinley could be back. But I think they're both going to be on short term deals again. Oh, yeah, so when you're looking for this in the top 100, you're looking for a guy to come in and be supplemental now, but a guy that you think can step in and be that guy maybe next year or two years from now or something like that. And I think all these guys have those, those kind of traits. So um, I agree with you and defensive tackle. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I don't have any uh, 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 video of those guys, but let me uh, pull this out. And then we'll bring the board back up, and I will go to the interior defensive line. There we go. Uh, Perry and Winfrey, Travis Jones, the guy that I've liked uh, for quite some time. I know Keanu Benton has some fans, too. Haskell Garrett, for the Buckeye fans out there, outside the age guardrail. And I like Otito Obonia a lot more than some other people. He's near 200 here. If they can get him in the sixth round, he could be the third consecutive sixth-round pick that we love uh, from Andrew Barry. Uh, But here's the available. You wanted the uh, defensive tackle guys. Here they are, Jake.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Mathis, but he's older. I think he's outside the yeah. guardrails. I mean, Winfrey was a little better his first year at Oklahoma. I do like him, though. He gets I, I think mm-hmm. he's going to end up near 30 pressures for the year. Um, boy, it's not an inspiring, inspiring group. Um, let me yeah, see I the edge players one more time.
0: Honestly, I think free agency is going to be the move for defensive yeah. tackle because they have three young guys in the or, rotation or, already. Yeah,
1: or somebody like Haskell later, you know, or, or uh, you know, who's it, we? They've seen a, they've shown a propensity to bend later in the draft, right? They'll, they'll, they'll bend a little bit more.
0: They'll get closer to twenty three, but they have yeah. yet to go over twenty three. More undrafted free
1: agent guys. Yes. Um, so there was a guy on the board. Hang on, Steve. You know. went off the the oh, mock.
2: Sorry so there's a guy on the board here that is a little listed a little bit lower has some glaring off the field issues, but when he's on the field, he's tremendously strong, fast, flexible. And that's Sam Williams out of Old Miss. Mm-hmm. Sam Williams would be a top 50 pick if there weren't some, some pretty egregious things that has passed um, that at least he's been, he's, he's gone to court for. So, um, so is this the range where they might take a chance on a guy with, with some Sam Williams up?
1: with 61 pressures this year, 13 he, sacks, 40 hurries, a 90 point away. a 90 point two pass rush grade?
2: He's very good. He is extremely explosive, but
0: some it's a big lot. red flags. It is a lot. Let's go back to a position somebody else asked about a little while ago because now we're in the range where these guys and again, you know, we're, we're so early. I'm pretty sure Cole Turner is going to move up. I'm pretty, I'm almost positive, you know, Greg Dulcich is going to move up. Uh, James Mitchell was a guy I really liked before he got hurt earlier in the year. Jake Ferguson, had he come out last year? I think he's a little too old for us this year. But I do have some uh, some film here of the tight ends. So, um, w- Corey, you said before, and, and Cole Turner is the guy I'm going to bring up first here. And I agree with you. He's more of a flex tight end. He's more of a... You know, a big slot, if that's Mm -hmm. what you want to do, then a a traditional inline tight end, he can do it and he puts in the effort, but you can, he's a former wide receiver and you can see from his build and his hands and everything like that, that he's more of a a bigger wide receiver playing tight end than a tight end tradition, what you would traditionally think of, right? Absolutely. Yes. Um,
2: they throw him, I mean, him and right here, him and Carson strong have that back shoulder fade. Well, that's not a back shoulder, but they have that back shoulder goal line down to a, a science. Uh, I want to know how many of his touchdowns alone are just on those throws, but, uh, incredibly strong hands. Uh, oh. I've seen, I've seen him make some just fingertip grabs in traffic. They're just unreal. Um, he's athletic. He's going to be fast. Um, but maybe, you know, if you think David Njoku, he's really developed as a blocker. He can be our inline guy. We mm-hmm. don't really feel like we need to flex him out as much as we could. We can really exploit the slot if we have two of those dudes who can, who can you know, one who can exploit the, the seam from inline and one from the slot, the opposite side. They might go that direction um, because, again, David Njoku has developed into that guy that, I mean, I think David Njoku could play right tackle right now if they needed him to. Uh, but <laughs> um, turn tremendous another, again, he's a catch point guy. You're not super concerned about that with tight ends with tight ends. Again, you're looking for mismatches and he's an absolute mismatch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Jake, um, it, it's not unusual and this is not to excuse it or say, don't worry about it or anything like that. It's not unusual for a college tight end to be far more advanced in the pass catching part yeah. than the blocking part, right? That's Mo- the part modern. That day, usually, of course.
1: Unless, yes. unless you get him out of Wisconsin or someplace that uses them you know uh I, I have some eyes on some guys later that you know are interesting to me kind of around the area where they took Harrison bryant um th- they get interesting to me yeah i just again we're, we're leaning on our intuition here a little bit guys i do think david will be back i i think there's a mm-hmm. mutual desire on both sides to get something done so that doesn't mean they don't add one we've seen them really only have three this year right and you know that hooper at the after 22 starts to become more feasible to let him go. So um, I'm interested. Maybe not here, but definitely interested. I think you take an edge player you like, partly because I think that's where the most talent sits right now on the board, uh, as we, again, are sitting here on December 2nd.
0: Trey McBride, he'll, we're watching now, in case yeah. anybody's wondering. Yeah. yeah, he's a good. So player. yeah, it's um, and I agree with you. It seems like you know uh, we we all think and, and most of us hope uh, David Ajoku will be back. Austin Hooper's here for next year, but with this offense, and we've been arguing about wide receivers and everything. They love their tight ends. He's going to use his tight ends, regardless of who's at wide receiver. So you always need somebody in the pipeline. So it would not be out of the question for a guy like a Trey McBride or a uh, you know a Greg Dulcich or you know whoever. That they pick, it's a very good tight end class, as Corey alluded to earlier. If things go a certain way in free agency, they could even look at tight end as early as where it was mentioned, the second round, right? Yeah, Corey. They could. Um, it, again, you have, it depends on the kind of
2: body type, athletic build they want out of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, second round tight end. I mean, there could be one going off the first round, but if, if they were to go a second round tight end, you'd be looking at a wider mire, You'd be looking at, I think. Trey McBride could be a second round tight end by the
0: time we're, mm-hmm. we're said and done. So, um, yeah. Okay. So our, I think we're settled that uh, we're going to grab one of these edge guys. My vote at this point would be for Isaiah Foskey. Uh, what do you guys uh, I
1: wonder why? <laughs>
0: yeah. You know me, I'm Homer. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I like Foskey too. I yeah, think he's go a
0: good chat. We'll throw it to you before we make the, uh, would you be okay? Uh, yes or no with, uh, with Foskey at this pick, the way it's gone so far. All right, I'll take that as a yes. Uh There we go. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and grab Isaiah Foskey, and we're going to let it run. We've got two more picks. uh, We're going to try it. We've gone a little longer. Gee, shocking, right, Jake? We never go Mm, long on this. Never. We never go longer than intended on these things. Uh, Bernard Raymond, guy I really liked until I found out he's already twenty-five. Yeah, he'll be 25 by his rookie season. Oh, but he's so good. Uh, I was so disappointed when I found that out. Uh, all right. We're back on the board here and uh, let's take a look at our picks. There we go. We got, we've settled the wide receiver position, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we have uh, grabbed uh, Isaiah Foskey to go out on the edge. I think the IDL Uh, or mm-hmm. uh, is there another position you guys want to look at? Let's take a look there. Um, Yeah. A lot of those guys we were talking about are gone. Keanu Benton, I think is going to rise a bit. Uh, like I said, I like Otito Obonia, but we put the rule in, this is our board. So we're picking at 103. Otito Obonia is 190. That's not good value right there. So, uh, what other positions do you guys want to look at here?
1: Can you zoom in? Am I blind? Yeah. I might be blind. Maybe I need to zoom in.
0: <laughs> I really like Tyler
2: Davis out of Clemson. He got hurt super early in the season. So that really stinks. Tyler Davis is a good player at defensive tackle. There he is. I really would. But I, I think he's probably going to be a guy that goes back to school considering he got hurt in September. So, mm-hmm.
0: uh, what else do we want to look at here, guys?
2: I'm inc- intrigued
0: by Benton as well.
2: Um, yes. So here's the qu- here's a question for Jake maybe. Benton would be a guy. He's a big dude, um, so he would be a, a, a shade, a one T shade. You know, do you think that the Browns would be better off looking for a shade and allowing McDowell to play a true three, or do you think they'd be better off looking for a true th- or for a, a three and allowing McDowell to stay in the shade?
1: I think that. This- I think McDowell can play either of them. So if you do come across somebody at either position, you really prefer, uh, I think it's fine. I mean, McDowell, look at how he lines up. He lines up like a three tech. He does the sprinter stance stuff. Um, I I probably would prefer to move him to three for somebody who's a little more cloggy inside. Uh, If you can, you know, the the Browns have had some run game issues in a couple games at the later, later portions of the year because teams have figured out how they try to use Clowney and how they try to use miles to compensate for what goes on along the interior so um yeah i don't i don't mind either so if you fell in love with either a three or a one i think you got some flexibility with him i really do to not uh, answer your question at all one,
0: <laughs> one of the guys that i do like and here somebody asked about the uh, available uh tackles here's what we got uh, we have not honestly uh, looked at them because we we thought we were set there we haven't done I personally haven't done a ton of, of looking at, at most of these guys but the guy that we like oh wait a minute I know why I can't find him he is listed here. There he is. There's a guy that I know you like, and we talked yeah. about him briefly, Aaron Frost. Uh, he plays right tackle, has exclusively played right tackle as far as I know. Uh, they have him listed as interior offensive line on this board. And the fact that he's still sitting at 225, again, the TDN guys do such a great job, okay? They're, I love all the work that they do. Uh, him being that far down when everybody else is saying top 75, maybe you know, even sniffing top 50 type stuff, tells me they just haven't gotten to him yet. So... You know, don't take that to mean anything other than that, right there. But I think um, somebody asked about the tackles. There we go. Uh, the kid from Penn State, uh, Braxton Jones, has got some fans. Uh, Tyler Vrabel, we all know who his dad is, has got some fans. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw some. I'm going to throw uh, gasoline onto the fire here. Uh, I've got a guy. I'm going to th- throw some highlights up here, and Corey's grinning because I, th- I think he knows where about where I'm going here. Um, kid getting a lot of press. The last week to two weeks, uh, Bailey Zappi from quarterback from Western <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, I just if, got
1: questions about that name as a quarterback and making it work. It really makes us happy. <laughs> got some questions. Zappi um, time, Zappi time, not bad, Ian. Zappi time. Zappy the time. um, uh,
0: Zappy obviously, time. the numbers are ridiculous, and some of that is a little bit inflated because he, they throw the ball over yard in that air raid, but oh, yeah. as you can see here he's not just an area he's got the pocket presence he goes through his progressions he's got a, a cannon for an arm he is decisive he puts the ball on time and and in the his ball placement is generally very very good um obviously like i said he benefits from from schemed up easy throws but it has been brought up in the wars of the past few weeks that maybe they don't go early quarterback but maybe they grab somebody on day three that they think they, they can develop or that kind of thing Now Corey, Uh, I don't think personally he's going to stay day three. Uh, He's going to the senior bowl and they are very excited about him. Jim Nagy's tweeted about him a few times about it. And I think he's going to really increase his draft stock if he has a good week there in mobile. Uh, But I don't know how much you've done on him. uh, But I know you look at quarterbacks quite a bit, your Mm -hmm. thoughts on Bailey Zappi and potentially his fit in this offense. Yeah. So starting with the fit in the offense, air raid to,
2: to outside zone would be a, a pretty big pretty big leap um i also question is his the zip that he throws with the rpms he generates mm-hmm. um i've saw i've seen somebody and i i kind of dig it i think his arm's a little bit better than this but uh i've seen somebody compare him to case keenum come out of houston where, where keenum stacked up those massive numbers for the cougars when he was in college i
0: think his arm's better um, than that yeah. i do
2: too i think his arm's better than that i don't think his arm is tremendous uh I, I, like that that opposite hash kind of eh, it took a little while to get there um, he is, however, you mentioned his ball placement of the guys I've charted the most accurate quarterback in this class, mm-hmm. um, which is saying a, a quite a bit. Um, so, uh, I, I like Zappy. I, if you're looking at him day three, I would be okay with it. I would absolutely be okay with it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't uh, pro know football how
1: focus metrics here. I'll throw them to you while you, while you are talking. Uh, he's past grade for the year is. 85, 85, two, which is 29th in the class. He's had 36 big time throws, which is tied for most in the class. Um, Other caveat is that he has had 22 turnover worthy plays, which is third most in the class, but the turnover worthy percentage is pretty good. So based on how many times times they throw (laughs) um, his average distance of target is 8.2. So his adjusted completion percentage uh pretty strong Um, uh, let me see here if i can get it to pull back up i can't sorry um yeah i don't know you guys can keep going i didn't mean to interrupt you but just want to give you some metrics to some of those Well, yeah types.
0: and and to be clear we're talking about a guy early day three here this is not a guy we're sitting here on this show in december 2nd saying this is the guy that can come in and replace baker mayfield day one and take us to the prompt we're not saying that okay we're saying if they were in a situation where they move on from Keenum to save that money mm-hmm. and they don't like Nick Mullins and they don't bring in a you know somebody else I, I don't know who it would be at this point but a veteran backup or something like that and they're looking for somebody to come in and you know maybe develop behind uh, six for a year or two or whatever this would be the range that they might be looking at that and if zappy is around in this general range he's one of the guys that they might you know uh, be looking at mm-hmm. right cory could be yeah so the thing
2: that has to be mentioned, though, is, especially in today's NFL, everybody wants the tools, both the big arm mm-hmm. and the ability the ability to extend to make plays outside of structure. Zappy doesn't have really either of those things. So, but if we're talking day three, you might be okay with that. Um, I think he's better than Davis Mills was last year, uh, where Davis Mills went. I think he's better than Davis Mills, but uh, I don't know if that's exactly high praise. I, w- I would struggle... I struggle with, with Zappi as a prospect for that reason. I think he's tremendous uh, as far as ball placement accuracy goes. Uh, I think he's tremendous at getting through his progressions, uh, especially in an air raid offense. Those tools, uh, it's it's hard to to say, you can take this guy, you can sit him and hope that he develops into something. I think Zappi can make a, a very good
0: long-term backup and spot starter. Okay. And to be clear, I just want to, I just want to be clear because again, we haven't done a ton of, of looking at this guy, but I've seen him make, he's not a statue, but he's not Lamar Jackson, right. obviously either. He can, it's not like he's, you know, uh, I, I don't know, end of his career Marino or Bernie Kosar, you know, something like that where you know where he's going to be every single time he drops back, he can maneuver in the pocket. He can get outside. He can keep his mm-hmm. eyes downfield, but he's not somebody that's going to threaten you uh all areas of the field when the play breaks down, like a Mahomes type or something like that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. He's. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's been the big talk lately. It's been everything, and and this is the range where something like that might happen. But I think if the conversation is, is what I think, I think we're back to either uh, an IDL or a tight end, right?
2: Can we see the safeties? You want to see the safeties and the corners? Let's look. Yeah, let's look at the two Okay.
1: Smoke Monday, great safety name. Just mm-hmm. an absolute wonderful name. Fantastic name.
2: Jalen a- Petra is good as well. Jalen Petra doesn't have very doesn't have any back end versatility to his game whatsoever. He's he's pretty strictly a box nickel
0: kind of guy. Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati is very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. very interesting, at, especially at this spot. I like Taiwan Mullen out of Indiana a little bit later as well. I think I don't know. He, he's got there's something about him that just it, it catches my eye. Um, at mm-hmm. this point, I wouldn't be at all mad with uh, with Kobe Bryant at this pick. Yeah. So, I know
1: we were talking earlier about Lewis. Is it seen? Is it sign? I can't remember. Sign? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know most Georgia defensive players are having a great year, but he's having a remarkable season. Yeah. An eight, nine, a 90 coverage grade, an 82-2 run defense grade, an 89 coverage grade. He is 410 free safety snaps, 96 in the box, 85 in the slot. So, you know, he had a play last year where he – he almost decapitated somebody on a deep middle throw. I cannot remember. Oh, it was, it, was it was Kyle dance. Pitts. He broke his jaw. It was Kyle Pitts. He broke his jaw. Yeah. That's right. He's a dude. He's a thumper, man. He's a real now, thumper.
0: I will say this, too. We were talking about him in the second round. We were sort of joking about linebacker in the second round, and I brought his name up. But this young man right here, we're talking about pick 103 now. And that might, and I stress the word might, be a range where another speedy sideline-to-sideline side line linebacker could be on the table, you know. Like like Jake said, they've got two that they think we think they really like. Jacob Phillips, if he can stay healthy. So if you can get a third, boy, does it open up a lot of stuff, especially when one of them is a guy like JOK who can play corner, who can come and rush the passer and do blah 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 blah. So that's another thing that yeah, we should at least bring it up at this point. He's going to test
2: off the charts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So um I've heard people. We I mean we all love Logan Wilson. I can remember jumping on the show and loving Logan Wilson back in the day when I would when I would talk to Jake. Uh, People have said he's he's better. He's the better linebacker of the two coming out of Wisconsin or Wyoming over the past few years. So um, he's going to test tremendously. He's a, a Buckus finalist as well. So he's nationally recognized for for who he is as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I you look at all these guys and you look at the rankings uh, compared to where we're going to pick. I think actually I said it before, and I think I'm going to ch- Well, yeah, I'm going to say either Trey McBride, uh, Chad Mumma, or. Um, Where was he? We just There was just another guy, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant. Yes. Those would be the three guys that I would throw out there thoughts. I mean, they're going to take a DB
2: at some point on day two. I think it's just in their nature, like a top 100 pick to pick a DB.
0: All right. So are you thinking uh, we're going to go Kobe Bryant at this point
2: then? I would be okay with Kobe Ryan. I would like to mention Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Mm. Uh, the way oh, that they sling, the way that they sling uh, Troy Hill and Runfits uh, from the nickel, that almost allows them to play base nickel. Uh, Hodges Tomlinson's a dog in that same kind of mold. He's only five nine. Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. Right. Um, he's a dog. He could kind of do that same thing if they were looking for maybe a long term guy to play nickel. Could definitely be a, a, a guy that could look into as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you like Harges Tomlinson quite a bit. So. Chad Mumma's stuff is ridiculous. He's wild. He's
2: yeah, tremendous.
0: He, he's really good. He's really good, which is why I, I brought. I didn't think he would still be around at this range. So yeah, those would. Oh, those you could take him and
1: take You could take him and tell Phillips to move on over. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> okay, Steve, we're not meet, even we're, a chuckle. We're not we're even a little Jake laugh for that? seven minutes. Oh, meet Jake gets a
0: seven-minute mute penalty for that. <laughs> That's joke. It's a
1: grade two mute penalty. <laughs> oh,
0: <dang. laughs> All right, um, so you guys I, pick this one. I'm good. We'll throw that. it to the chat. Then I think we've narrowed it down to Kobe gonna, Bryant this is what or you're Chad going to get. Muma. You're going to get 17 answers, though. Yeah, let's go, uh, Kobe Bryant or Chad Muma? Chat, go. The deal
2: breaker is that his name is Kobe Bryant. I mean, that's yeah. the that's the tiebreaker. <laughs> you cannot pass on a guy named Kobe Bryant. It's
1: Cleveland guy, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, there's. So we I the have a hot numbers. take that I'm not yes. really ready
2: for yet regarding the Cincinnati cornerbacks, but I'm not ready to. Especially publicly to blurt it out. So.
0: Oh, come on. How old is Kobe?
1: Right. He's a senior. He's got five years at Cincinnati, guys.
0: I, th- oh, I thought I'd he's checked.
1: 2017 was his first year there.
0: I, I think mean, the he's just under. I think he's just under. I think I looked at it. But uh, for yeah, the sake I, of I this show, let's it.
1: keep him just under.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. I don't have a birth year, but he is a five senior. Then that, yeah, that's tough. With a
2: March birthday.
0: Okay, well, I my daughter was a 2017, and her birthday's in March, and she doesn't turn 23 until March. So that means, if that's the case, then he would be
2: 23
0: one month out. So I guess we've got our answer. Let's move on. I I guess we're going uh, as much fun as we made of the linebacker pick. We're gonna we're gonna go with them there. I think I think the Browns would value a linebacker, two linebackers who could both go sideline to sideline
2: as well. Sure. What they're doing is working on the one year one year minimums for these linebackers to just sit hook curl stuff the run, that's fine. There might be an appeal to, to finding two guys who can really get after it. There's time. a
0: couple guys down there. One of them just went off the board when you're talking about linebackers. Uh, Brian Asamoa from um, uh, Oklahoma. As a what? and uh Micah McFadden from uh, Indiana. Those are both similar style guys. I think Muma is better than those two, but if you lose Muma and you really wanted a linebacker, those are two guys currently ranked on day 3 that I think have some tremendous tools. The last pick that we're going to do here tonight. Uh where do you guys want to go here? Pick 128. We've been talking about a tight end all night. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would take I would take McBride and let's just call it a day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or I would would be be fine
1: with either of them if they were going to use I mean if if they're going to keep doing their 13 personnel you know hell they were lining all three of them up to the same side and empty the other day like you know Turner can play he can find a Mm -hmm. role here I don't have Mm -hmm. any doubt about that I don't have any issue if McBride is the choice either I think he's exceptionally athletic too so either in are you a
0: UCLA fellow there's fine too. Yeah, I just I had I had the highlights. I went and grabbed them. So I wanted to go ahead and run it out here because Greg Dulcich is another guy. And Corey, I know you've been a fan of him since the preseason like I have um, needs to work in the blocking game, uh, former walk on. You love his work ethic, uh, but he has a, a, a similar. I, I, I've been trying to phrase this properly because I don't want to take him the wrong way. He has a similar gait and running style reminds me a bit of Travis Kelsey. I'm not saying that's the player he is. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying it's a similar stylistic running thing in the way he catches the ball. There's something about him that brings Kelsey to mind. And that's a, that's a pretty good comparison to have if you're looking at tight ends at this point, Uh, your thoughts on him, Corey.
2: Yeah. Um, he is, he's a technician as a route runner, um, more so than, than some of these guys, um, I think where I'm looking, what what I'm thinking between Dulcich and a guy like McBride and Turner is Dulcich is a more of a guy that reminds me more of Harrison Bryant in a way that the way that Mm -hmm. Harrison's going to get open is if you scheme him open. Um, They've got enough of those guys. They got enough. And that, yeah, that's kind of where, where a guy like Cole Turner, you can line him up and toss him. him I don't need
1: another Harrison Bryant. Um, I, I really, I really
2: don't need, I mean,
1: Harrison's fine in his role. He can block in the backfield, Mm -hmm. he can kick out, he can wham, he can do a bunch of stuff, and he can run a corner out. And if if they don't cover him, he'll catch it and he'll get 10 yards after the he's fine. Mm -hmm. He's a fine player. Seems like a good dude, works hard. You that that rule's filled. What you need, I don't care if they don't block well. Can you can you go catch it? Like, can you go make people you know, Trey McBride, this is ridiculous. He's got 91 catches on 122 targets for a tight end. That's ridiculous. 74% catch percentage. And that's he's had an 83 number his second year at Colorado State. 94.7 offensive grade and 95 receiving grade. Two straight 90 receiving grade years. Um, if you include last year, he's had 456 yak yards, 17 contested catches. Go give me that, dude. I'm completely yeah. fine with that.
2: I am convinced this guy's gonna be a top 75 pick.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll look at Cole Turner just for fun because I think Cole Turner puts up some numbers, not anywhere near the number, uh, you know, his metrics aren't as they're not Trey McBride who yeah, dude, give me that guy. He can play. He can also
2: this highlight video cracks me up because I've seen it twice now throughout the show. Mm -hmm. You can literally see a taco bell sign from the Wyoming stadium in one of these clips. It's just like terrible city planning to be able to see a taco. Oh, Bells
1: dude, I've been the out stadium. there. My brother-in-law just drove nineteen hours home. He's we've been, you know, we go through Laramie all the time. I Wyoming's once.
0: gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous.
1: unbelievable, man, out there. There's five hundred thousand people in the whole state. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. There's a million and change in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's different, man. It's different. The plate, but there is hey, there's not many Taco Bells in Wyoming. Let me tell you, so, <laughs> you take the Taco Bells where you can get them out there. Um, yeah, I, I would, if this is the status quo of what's on the board, you, Turner is a nice player, 600 yards and some change this year, two straight years of 600 yards. He's probably the more realistic player right here. Uh, but in this case, I mean, Trey McBride, I, there's some real like, oh, this guy's one of the better tight ends in the league type of thing for him mm-hmm. as a ceiling. So, you know, that those metrics aren't fake. I would take him in a heartbeat
2: here.
0: Doesn't turn 23 till
2: November either.
0: So. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, try McBride. And I agree with you, Corey. I think he's one of these guys that we're going to see rise uh, through the process as we out here catch up with the league. So as you can see, we only did four. Let me try to zoom in here. Here's our, is that coming through? Good. There we go. There's our haul for this year. And there were some questions about tackle. Uh, we looked at tackle uh, the, the, the issue, at least at this point that I see is it's top heavy. There's, Some guys that are going to go at tackle very, very high where the Browns are unlikely to be looking at tackle. And then as far as I can see at this point, and we're still very early, there's a large gap. And then you get to the developmental guys that are probably fifth round and below, which is we're not doing those here tonight. So that's why we didn't get there. So if Conklin is not back and this is a serious injury, we'll have to see on that. My guess is they may go out and get you know, somebody in free agency to step in. Uh, obviously, they're going to hope James Hudson develops. Maybe they get something out of Alex Taylor in his third year. I don't know. There's a lot of options. Obviously, the best thing would be for Jack Conklin to heal up and be ready for training camp. But I, th- I think it's, it, you know, obviously it's it's December 2nd, like we've been saying. Uh, this is not a prediction of what's going to happen in, in April or anything like that. But I think we did pretty well here, guys. Your thoughts on our overall uh, draft class at this point?
1: I, I love those wide receivers. I'm tired of breaking <laughs> down bad wide receivers. So I'm good with it. Give the quarterback all the weapons he could possibly need. And you know I, I don't think they're going to take two straight receivers by any means here, but right. um, if they did, I would be fine with it. Mm-hmm. I, they're that bad at the position right now overall in terms of what they're putting out there. And then you mix in that with some inconsistent quarterback playing. You have a team that scores 11 points on average. Over the last since week six, if you take out Cincinnati, sixteen points on average. If you include the Cincinnati randomness that that game, I mean, they're not scoring guys, so mm-hmm. they need Jimmy's and Joe's who can go make plays. And if you know if it's going to be all scheme, all scheme, all scheme, then let's get guys who can be as open as possible in a scheme, right? Let's get guys who can create as much separation as possible to uh, open up the uh, margin for error. So I like it.
0: Yeah, and and as we said at the time, you know, when we made the David Bell pick, um, we we didn't think we don't think it's going to happen this way. I mean, it could, but we don't think it's going to happen. But the board at that moment, where we were, and everything else that was going on, and the fact that we lost Trevon Walker by one pick, one pick, he, he went at forty five. He would have been an easy pick at forty six uh, to go in at edge. Uh, it was the best value on the board at that time, Corey. Um, you know, again, obviously, this is you know not a prediction of what's going to happen, but. If any of these guys you think are are lower ranked, lower than where they're going to go? You your overall thoughts on what we pulled in here with these five picks?
2: Yeah, I agree with what Jake said about again, getting playmakers. Obviously, I do think even if it's not back to back like this, I think we'll see two wide receivers in the top one hundred. Uh, we should have
1: probably looked at them a little later on to talk. I mean, no, like looked at a couple names, but yeah. that's our bad because guy I like Zay
2: flowers. He went like, right. I think the pick after he picked David bell, but mm-hmm. uh, Zay flowers were to fall. He's tremendously shifting the open field as well. Especially mm-hmm. if they go with a, like a Burks or a London or um, a, a more sturdy wide receiver down the field with the first pick, they could definitely come back for a guy like flowers. Um, I think all these guys, uh, I mean, Muma's probably top 100. That's, that seems pretty appropriately slotted positional wise, uh level of competition wise. Again, he's going to test off the charts. I think what, consensus here, except maybe David Bell, all these guys we picked are going to test off the charts, Um, which from an analytical standpoint, unless they're taking those late day three picks, like we saw with Felton and LeCount, those guys weren't tremendous athletes, but that's what they're going to be looking for as well. So yeah,
1: Yeah, they'll bend a little, that's a good point, Corey. They'll bend a little more on the, on the, on the RAS scores and stuff like that when they get later. Still not. I, I my mind slipped to bending on the age a little bit. That was wrong, Steve. They bend on the athletic scores a little right. bit later, and age is as all there. So far, again, we're not telling you this is like set in stone, but th- this is what they've shown us through, through a couple drafts. So yeah, Cosmo
0: put out a great uh, uh, couple of charts a few weeks back, and I retweeted them. You can find them out there. You can see it. It's it's very clear. Uh, the top fifty, extremely young, extremely athletic. It gets a little bit less as you get towards a a, a pick 100. They've only picked one guy, 22 years old, in the top 100 the last two years. And that was Harrison Bryant. And he turned 22 literally the day before they picked him. Uh, Now, the 22-year-olds that they picked, a little bit further down the board, it gets a little bit uh, uh, more. uh, I mean, um, Demetrius Felton had a terrible day at his pro day. Uh, So, you know, those numbers and his age, he was close to 23 at the time. It does get a little bit more loose if that's the word you want to use the deeper you go in the draft but to this point they have not bent at all on 23 as far as using draft capital now udfas totally different story but as far as spending draft capital they have yet to pick anyone who is 23 at the day of the draft and if you've got somebody who's 20 at the day of the draft like a mr greg Newsom or an anthony schwartz you really need to look harder at them, whether you agree with it or not. They think that way. So try to get inside of their head. Uh, final thoughts here before we get out of here. Thank you guys for joining us. We went a half hour longer than we actually uh, uh, wanted to. Corey, uh, final thoughts you want to get out before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so. I think we we
2: exhausted our conversation. I enjoyed this. Anytime you guys want to have me back on, you know, I'm more than happy to do so. so.
0: Well, you know, we're going to be doing it a lot during draft <laughs> season and we will have you on a bunch. Jake, final thoughts. Um, the chicken's spicy. Okay.
1: That's all I'm going to say. Um, no, I got no thoughts. It's early. It's fun. We're having fun. Mm -hmm. We're picking two wide receivers to start the draft. We'll get there. This is just meant to, again, as we sit here today, this could change in free agency. They got big issues on offense and they got big issues at wide receiver. And those are the places that my eyes are drawn to, uh, all the time to fix. How can they get better at the wide receiver position and give, baker uh his best chance to be good in 22 and if that falls apart then they'll figure out what to do after that but for now the the offense has to improve at a place they can control and i feel like they can control getting better at wide receiver so we're looking there heavily uh as you know late after season cuts happen and after the season they don't sign people back and they do make some moves in free agency this will all get very clear but for now it's fun talk about players talk about fits and and we'll get <laughs> we'll get better at this as we go too
0: we're all very early in watching some right. of these guys so we'll have more expertise as it wears on so absolutely yeah i mean right now it's uh, you have any kind of conversation whether in the obr forums or on social media or regular media it's wide receiver and then interior defensive line and edge those are the positions that everybody talks about so that's what we're looking at in the with the top 100 guys we don't know what order we don't know you know all that kind of stuff I and mean, we don't even know who's officially declared for six more weeks. January 17th is Declaration Day. We won't get the official list until January 20th. So, you know, some of these guys that we're talking about that we just love may not even declare. So, you know, we'll just be done talking about them. So I want to thank Jake for joining us. Uh, I want to thank Corey for joining us. I want to thank all of you in the chat for watching and sticking around for 90 minutes when we were only supposed to be around for 60 minutes. I want to thank our great producer, Ian, for coming up with all the stats and the highlights and all the stuff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Like I said, we'll be back on Monday uh, with Monday Rewind. We will probably be giving away some tickets to the Ravens game either Monday or maybe on Jake's show on Tuesday. I'm not sure so be sure you're back for that. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for supporting the OBR. Thank you for supporting the OBR Twitch and as always Go Browns!
1: Go Browns!